You can say what you want about the Washington Nationals, but don't you dare say a thing about the Scrappy Nats. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at RyanClary11 for your latest on the Nationals and as well as just DC sports in general as I have taken my passion for this platform in the podcast form with the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Later on in today's show, the Nationals, they have the day off, so we will not be previewing any series today. But let's take a look around the National League East a little bit later on, because it's a wild one. This has been a wild year for the NL East. We'll discuss that a little bit later on in my thoughts on where we are up to this point around mid-August. It's a Monday. This is where you get your national stock report where the best and the worst individual performances. And I will say this, as this Nationals team is considerably red hot right now, there are a lot of stock ups and minimals for stock down. I'll tell you all about that a little bit later on. But let's start off with the weekend. You start off on Saturday night. Key Ruiz hits that walk-off home run, and oh my God. The place goes nuts. Kiber Ruiz has completely turned it on since the month of July. He has turned this switch on in his head that we just haven't really seen over the course of this season. And then you lead up into Sunday's game. Oh my God. Simple as that. When you look at this Nationals team, we talk about this team. And when I say there are two different Nationals teams, I seriously mean this. Here's team one, the Washington Nationals. They come in, the starting pitcher gives up three to four earned runs. The offense really isn't there. There's a lot of ducks left on the pond, and that's really just about it. It's not that good of a baseball team. It's deflated. It's young. A lot of stupid mistakes and all of that non-stuff that you don't want to see. That's the Washington Nationals for you. And then on the other hand, the team that we've seen here, Over the last few months, quite often, you could say, the scrappy Nats. They're different. This is the young team that shows promise, that shows that they can pitch well, that they can hang well. And most importantly, the bullpen. The bullpen that we have seen really just flunk every test up to this moment in time, they've kind of flipped the switch. And even Andres Machado, someone who I've been screaming from the rooftops, please don't have him pitch in meaningful games. He comes in and he pitches damn well in these scenarios. Jordan Weems taking step ups. Kyle Finnegan proving to be a closer of this team and for the future, really. That is what the scrappy Nats are. We got a little glimpse of that over this past weekend. Friday night's game, easy win, get it done. You're expected to beat the Oakland A's. Saturday night, you walk off. Key Ruiz. Walk-off home run, even Bob Carpenter, 
before that inning, if you guys caught that, what a little call by him. He goes, we're in walk-off territory right now. Next batter, Kiber Ruiz, it's a walk-off home run, and it was a no-doubter shot. But then it leads up to yesterday's ball game. The Nationals, well, they're down 7-1 to one entering that inning. And with that said, we kind of knew, eh, down by that many runs, you're done. You're done. And now with that said, Jeter down, starts the inning. He walks. Lane Thomas lines out to the shortstop, one out. Runner on first. And then Joey Manessis comes up. He singles on our line drive to the left fielder. Jeter downs to second. The line starts to move a little bit. Kiber Ruiz singles on a line drive to right field. Seth Brown, Jeter Browns to third. Jeter downs to third. Joey Manessis to second. Bases loaded. Stone Garrett, who has been very good for the record, by the way. Stone Garrett doesn't really get talked about enough on this program. Hand up. That is my fault. Stone Garrett has meant a lot to this Nationals run recently. He's really just coming into his own, coming in to be a solid utility bat, and really just getting the job done. Not striking out as much as he used to, and just getting those numbers up, which Stone Garrett has been very good for this Nationals team. Well, he comes up. He singles on a ground ball to the left fielder. Kiber Ruiz goes to second. Joey Manessis to third. And then, of course, Jeter Downs scores. Seven to three. Ildemaro Vargas. He comes in, sack fly. And seven to four Nats. And then in this moment in time, you start to think, could this be happening? Seven to four. Two outs. Bases are almost juiced there. And you know who comes up? Riley Adams, who's also been a stud off the bench for this Nationals team. Comes in, he takes his walk, then all of a sudden, a little bit of switching happened. Dominic Smith comes in for Michael Chavis. They switch over Kirby Sneed, and he replaced Trevor May. Then all of a sudden, Dominic Smith walks again. Bases, it's 7-5. to five. Everybody, this is when you kind of had that feeling. When it's 7-5, to five, a two-run game, you know who comes in. The scrappiest net of them all. Alex Call reaching on a fielding error, which it happens. You're going against the Oakland Athletics, who are not a good baseball team, and in fact are probably a just embarrassment to Major League Baseball at this moment in time, if we're being honest. That's the kindest way to put it, by the way. Alex Call comes in, two runs scored on that error, and then of course, Jeter Downs, they bat around. The first batter, the guy who started this rally, the first run to score of that inning, comes in, singles on a fly ball to center field. And, of course, Dominic Smith scores. It is to 8-7 Nationals. What a performance. What a performance by this Nationals team. And it wasn't by the guys that are the typical heroes of this Nationals team. It wasn't Lane Thomas. It wasn't C.J. Abrams. These were guys that were biting down for playing time that got these jobs done. It's Alex Call. It's Jeter Down, someone who, by the way, hasn't really played that well, even down in AAA. Ildemaro Vargas, who's been a little bit cold at the plate. Alex Call, again, Stone Garrett, Joey Manessis. These were the guys who were getting it done for this Nationals team. Kiber Ruiz, once again, getting another single to load up the bases. 
that is where this Nationals team is starting to show me something. You don't have to have Lane Thomas or C.J. Abrams save your day. You can also get it done with Stone Garrett, Ildemaro Vargas, Alex Call, Jeter Downs. These are things that haven't happened in the past. Last year, you look at the offense, there wasn't much production. You're looking at guys like Josh Bell and Juan Soto in the first half of the season to step it up. And in the second half, it was just Joey Manessis. That was really it. Because Trevor Williams started this game and looked bad, if we're just being honest. It was not a good start by him. So the Nationals, they had to depend on not just the starting pitching in this scenario. Not just that, as we've seen some really good starting pitching performances over the second half of this season. But it was your back half of your bullpen, Andres Machado coming in. You also had guys coming off the bench, utility players, Davey Martinez playing his cards right, running Blake Rutherford in there as well in the ninth inning. Different situations for this Nationals team in which I just love to see. Davey Martinez doing his best, dealing his cards, and dealing them right, if we're being honest. And then, of course, just the bullpen again looked good. It looked good. It looked like a major league bullpen. And I cannot say that enough because of the fact that it hasn't looked like that all season long. So what a weekend for these Washington Nationals. The hottest team in all of baseball from what it feels like at this moment. But Mark Zuckerman had this. The Nationals have gone 19-12 and since July 8th. The best record in the NL East and third best in the National League in that time frame. I'm telling you, man, the Washington Nationals and the Scrappy Nets, two different entities. The Washington Nationals, they're the team that shows youth and immaturity. The Scrappy Nats, they show youth, but also promise. And there is a difference. You can see it from the first inning, if this Nationals team will be bringing it or if they will not. It's different, man. You're starting to see progress. And progress is what we wanted to see in 2023. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen. Next, it is a Monday, so we got to get into a national stock report. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And buying tickets to your favorite events should never be stressful. That is why I want to tell you guys about Game Time. Because Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. What are some things that you like about Game Time app? Here's an example for you. I can give you so many different reasons. Number one, there's flash deals and last-minute tickets. There's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And my personal favorite, you get images of seat views. Let's say you're going to Wrigley Field. You all know how they have those iron posts in the middle of the concourse. Well, with Game Time, you can see if that's in your way or if it just isn't. That is why Game Time is simply the best. Not many platforms, if any, can offer you that. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. And redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now we get back into it as this Nationals team. Again, let me reiterate this 
They have gone 19 and 12 since July 8th, which is the best record in the NL East and third best in the National League. It makes you wonder, what if this Nationals team just would have had a little bit more? What if they had Steven Strasburg? What if they had a healthy Steven Strasburg going every five days? Where would this team be now? Because you're less than 10 games out of a wild card spot. If you had a healthy, good Steven Strasburg, it makes you wonder, where would we be? That's something that we'll never know at this moment in time, but it's an interesting thought to really kind of kick around. Let's start off with the National Stock Report. You got to go stock up for catcher, Kiber Ruiz. Over August, this is his slash. He's batting 349. He's getting on base at a 440 rate and a 605 slug. That is a 10 45 OPS, ladies and gentlemen. Three home runs, five RBI, seven walks compared to only five strikeouts. This offensive renaissance that Kiber Ruiz has been on has, one, been a little bit surprising, and two, has completely turned the corner for kind of what I thought about this season with Kiber. I talked about it, I believe, last week on this show, I believe on Monday. Kiber Ruiz kind of had to look around and say he struggled a little bit. But over the last 20, 15 games even, his numbers have been incredible. Hitting the walk-off home run in a clutch situation in Saturday night's contest. Coming in on Sunday, looking good again. Kiber Ruiz has arrived. Kiber Ruiz, this is what we've expected since trading for him at that 2021 deadline. When you're traded for stars like Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, I expect you to be good. And I think the Nationals expect that as well. A former top 50 prospect, even at one point, a top 30 prospect in all of baseball. Kiber Ruiz has always had this in him. He's had this hitting potential in him. And you've seen all the expected numbers and all that stuff that kind of indicate that this guy has been unlucky, which is true. It is a very true thing. But man, you're starting to see the results. You're starting to see the slug. You're starting to see the power come through. And also, not even to mention, seven walks to five strikeouts over the course of August, 14 days, 13 days, I guess, counting yesterday. What a what a month for Kiber Ruiz. So stock up for him. And as I said, on this good day, not many stock downs are coming up. So again, we're going for a stock up for Stone Garrett. And again, small sample size, but this is noticeable for me. Over his last 20 at-bats, he's batting 350. He's got a 462 OBP and a 450 slug. That is a 912 OPS as well as five RBIs, five walks, and only seven strikeouts in that span. Now, only seven strikeouts, that's a stretch. Seven strikeouts and 20 at-bats is a pretty decent amount. You want to see him cut down on that. But also five walks in that span as well. Stone Garrett, now while... I've kind of been up and down on Stone Garrett and the idea of him. There is no doubt in my mind that this guy could be a big league hitter. He could. He looks the part. He has the power potential. And you kind of need someone coming off the bench who has that potential and who can play the outfield. Well, it's not pretty out there, for being honest. I'd much rather have a defensive stud out there. You could say Alex Collar or Victor Robles when he's healthy. But even then, Stone Garrett has brought value to this team. When you need power, when you need someone to come off and have the potential home run threat, 
Stone Garrett is that guy. He's kind of your prominent bench guy who can come off the bench, who can replace someone in DH for a little bit, and just play a solid outfield there. Stone Garrett has looked good. He continues to show that he has the power and that he is a big league hitter. He's just going to have to put it all in eventually and maybe get a little more playing time. We'll have to see with that, but up for Stone Garrett. Now there is one stock down from this Nationals team, and that is going to Trevor Williams. Over the course of the season, I've always kind of said, I'm not sold on Trevor Williams. While he has been good, he has brought value to this team, being a clubhouse leader kind of guy really helping these young starting pitchers out, someone who's been in the game and who has bounced around from team to team for quite some time. Well, over his last four starts, talking about him on the field, it's been tough. He's given up eight home runs over his last four starts in 19 innings pitch. Again, eight home runs in 19 innings pitch. And as well in those 19 innings, he's given up 30 hits. 30 hits in 19 innings. A 9-4-7 ERA in these last four starts. And listen, it's not Trevor Williams' fault. This was just a move that the Nationals had to make in the offseason. They had to get a starting pitcher or someone that they can move around and probably for the cheap. They went in for Trevor Williams. If you look over his numbers throughout the years, when he has been a full-time starter, which he has been for the Nationals this year, you'll see this. One thing, he gets rocked around. And it's been that way since 2020. This is not a surprise. This was the expectation. He was very good last year, but it wasn't as a full-time starter. In a lot of those situations, it was coming out of the bullpen, pitching well, being a long relief guy, and he did well in that role. It just simply hasn't really worked out with Trevor Williams as a full-time starter, as his ERA is ballooning up as we speak. 9-4-7 ERA in his last four games. Eight home runs in those four games as well. Yikes, to say the least. Stock up, starting pitcher, rookie sensation, Jake Irvin. Now, I say this, there's been some rough moments over his last few starts, but here's also the thing. When you talk about 2023, you want to see development. Jake Irvin, he started off his first two starts really good. Got some eyes turned on him, had some attention, talking to the local media in town, going on local sports radio stations, really good and really impressive. Kind of went through a little bit of a rough patch, lost a couple starts, wasn't able to find his command. But over his last three starts and over his last 16 and a third innings pitch, he's got a 3.86 ERA. And in that time frame as well, he's got 14 strikeouts and only four walks. And also the last five games that he started in, the Nationals have won all five of those games. Now, He's pitched very well in that time frame as well. But there's also a couple starts in there. He hasn't pitched that well. But it is worth to note, this Nationals team has won five games with Jake Irvin on the bump. He's starting to show us something. And, oh, what everyone touted him to be, the best command in this Nationals minor system. You're starting to see that. Only four walks in his last 16 and a third innings pitch. I'll take that any day of the week for a rookie. We've seen guys like Mackenzie Gore walk four batters in five innings plenty of times. Josiah Gray does it. A lot of our pitchers do it. Jake Irvin, this young buck kid, really showing us something and showing what he was kind of touted for, which is having good command. 
he's done that well over the course of the season so far, and he's improved on it. And you're starting to see his stuff play and getting a lot of swings and misses. Jake Irvin, stock up for him. The kid has looked good. Stock up. Now, this one is for me. I deserve an apology to this guy. I, I have to apologize to this guy. Stock up. Andres Machado. Now, you say that. I say that. Stock up for my guy, Andres Machado. There is no harsher critic than Andres Machado, Machado than your boy right here, me. I'm him. I'm the harshest critic of Andres Machado. But with all that said, over his last nine and a third innings pitch, and really since July, the start of July, while he was up and down from AAA, not really getting that many innings, nine and third innings pitch, he's given up three home runs, which have all been three solo home runs in that time frame. Those were his only three runs allowed in his last nine and a third starts. And in that time frame as well, he's walked three batters and he's struck out 12. If you're going to strike out 12 batters and nine and a third innings, only walk three batters, only give up three earned runs, tip of the cap to you. Andres Machado has actually looked pretty good over his last few starts. Now, while again, I'm not here to say Andres Machado should be out there in every critical situation because the Nationals, they have not been able to get it done. No, 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 no. Andres Machado, you deserve a stock up because your performance has been stock up worthy. If I was investing a stock, I'm still not blowing all my money on an Andres Machado stock. But I'll give him a few bucks. I'll play it. See what he's done because he has, over again, over the last month or so, has looked a little bit better. Hasn't really been blowing all these games in which we saw way early on in this season, in which my opinion probably should have never been in those spots in the first place. But he has been. He's been doing a lot better. You could probably see a little bit more innings up Andres Machado's line here any second now. But again, he's looked damn good over the last few month and a half here. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nets your first listen every day. No Nats game tonight, but of course, if you do want to catch some Nationals hometown broadcast, you can catch it on the SXM app. They'll take you from there. Now, let's take a look around the National League East as it's been a little bit of an interesting year. I'll tell you why after this. And now we're back into it as we're going to take a little bit of a look at the National League East now. Now, while you really talk about these things with this national team and where this national team has struggled over the years. Well, you've been dead last in the National League East for what feels like a decade. Not a decade, we know that. But still, this Nationals team was not really expected to win too many games in the first place. But at this moment in time, 53 wins on the season. Is there anyone else in the National League East that has 53 wins. Let me ask you that real quick. Oh, the highest payroll in all of baseball. The highest payroll that Major League Baseball has ever seen. The New York bleeping Mets have 53 wins. And as we sit here today, we are only a half game back from those New York Mets. And oh my God, this is kind of what this segment is about. Are people kind of smelling what I'm cooking here? the highest payroll of all time 
you get Justin Verlander. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander are at the top of your organization, at the top of your rotation once again. Those two guys, all that talent. You get Francisco Lindor. You have Pete Alonso. You have Francisco Alvarez, a top rookie prospect, a very good hitter. You have a Brett Beatty, another top prospect. What happened? We sit here today. Oh my God. What an embarrassment for those Mets. A complete show. What a show the New York Mets have been this year. Again, if you were to ask me just a few months ago, even back in June, that the New York Mets would only be a half game up from these Washington Nationals, I would have told you you're crazy. Even a month ago, I would have said no chance in hell. No chance that is happening whatsoever. But you sit here today, August 14th, 2023, in the highest payroll in all of baseball, is only a half game better than one of the worst payrolls in all of baseball. What a show that is. And the Nationals in that frame as well, they are better than them on the road. And also, against 500 teams or better, the New York Mets aren't much better. They are a game and a half better than those Nationals against 500 or better teams. Now, in that frame as well, the Mets have played three more games than the Nationals. This Mets team is an all-time catastrophic failure from Steve Cohen and the New York Mets as whole. What a joke. But looking around the other NL East as well, it's kind of fallen into place as we all expected. The Braves, the best team in baseball, winning 64% of their games. They have an 11-game lead on the Phillies. Take the NL East. You won it. Congrats on you. Second place, the Philadelphia Phillies, 11 games back, but they're three games up in the wild card race. Then you have the Miami Marlins, who are the third wild card team. I'm not a believer in the Miami Marlins. I just simply am not a believer in the Marlins. I don't think they have what it takes. And while you've seen Sandy Alcantara go out there and pitch really well, kind of looking like he's back in his Cy Young form. But even then, the National League East has just been weird, to say the least. Because the Marlins, you think that Sandy Alcantara is one of, if not the best pitcher in all of baseball. He's struggled all season long, and it's now mid-August. But again, he's starting to turn this corner. But they're not going to go deep with this pitching staff, in my opinion. Now, if you have Yuri Perez in there, I think this pitching staff looks completely different because the Marlins, they have good pitchers. They have good pitchers. But the offense is a little bit inconsistent for me. And even then, I don't know if you guys feel the same way about this, but the Marlins just are the Marlins at this point. Like, they have just have this dark cloud over them to where you can never really buy into them because they show promise. They've had all this talent before. I mean, look at the teams that they had in the mid-2010s. Those were really good teams filled with talent, and they just simply never did anything with it. So I've always kind of just been hesitant on the Miami Marlins, and it's one of those things where you can tell me Bigfoot is there, but I got to see it for myself. That's what the Marlins are. I got to see it to believe it. At this moment in time, I could see 
the Reds jumping in, or even the Cubs at this moment in taking that third wild card spot. But hats off to them. They played good baseball, and they've had the Nationals number all year long. Thank you for making Locked On Nats your first listen. Tomorrow's show, we'll get into plenty as the Boston Red Sox comes up to town. We have a pretty, pretty big series, you could say, for this national team because I want to finish better than those filth New York Mets. We'll discuss that tomorrow and much, much more as Mackenzie Gore is going up against Chris Sale at one point this series. That is a pitching matchup that I am interested in. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's program and much more. I'll catch you guys on the flip side.